Welcome to the Leveling Up Podcast, guys. I'm so grateful to have my, my good friend, Allison Chavez, on today. She is just a gem. Uh, she talks about this prosperity approach. And today, we're going to be talking about the soul of prosperity. And this idea that, that I think is just so, so valuable for not just our Renatus community, but the, the people that see that they want to be a business owner and they want to be a real estate investor. This is so impactful for them. So Allison, tell us a little bit about your background, about your experience, and how how did we come connected? Tell us a little bit about this. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. Well, I'm Allison Chavez, and I'm a feminine energy expert for high-achieving, God-centered women. Um, and that has evolved as I have evolved. I've been on the on, in the online space for 12 years, and I started with prosperity, and I'm still all about prosperity. And prosperity isn't just money. If you if you have enough money in your bank account, but you have terrible health, I don't think that's prosperity. If you have great health, but you have no money, that's not prosperity. We need to be prosperous physically, financially, in our faith, and with our family. And when we've got all those cornerstones met, that to me is prosperity and success. And um, most people don't really talk about the soul of prosperity. They don't talk this, talk really about this, the, the spiritualistics. That's a word now of, <laughs> of, of prosperity. I think most of us can relate to growing up with, um, lack mindset or scarcity mindset. That's pretty much like 98% of the population. And so, um, I, although I never went to bed hungry as a child, unless I was, you know, I did it on purpose because I was trying to lose weight or something, you know, ridiculous like that. I wore hand-me-downs, but we never went without shoes or, you know, things like that, but there was just never enough. There was never enough. And I, when I was in my mid early to mid twenties, I was just like, I really, I really think that there's more to life than just like getting up and going to a job and paying taxes and then, you know, letting other people, you know, things are good for other people, but I can't do that. And so I've, I've always had an entrepreneurial spirit, but I really was just fascinated with really existential living and um, how powerful we are in our minds. Um, but I really wanted to have um, a higher power component to all of it. What I have found in the personal development world is that either God is so ethereal that it's the divine and it's so hard to connect with. It's just everywhere and nowhere and loves you, but punishes you. Like it, it was, that was it, there. It's either that or it's, we're a God unto ourselves. And neither of those resonated with me, but I had, I had my own relationship with God that I needed to clean up. Um, and once I did that, like, oh man, when, when you will let God be your source instead of your bank account, be your source or your clients or the next real estate deal, um, when God's your source and money's just a channel and you understand the energetics of money, you understand the, the spiritualistics of money, life gets so much easier. So much I easier. Absolutely agree. Now, this is, this is something that I'm so excited to, to talk with you about because sometimes we get so focused on it in business that. We only have one portion of the puzzle. We're like, oh, we're doing really well with, with our money, but we're not actually tapping into our soul, into our spirituality. <laughs> so I am so excited to dive deeper into this, the, the godly side of business, the spiritual side of business, and the soul of prosperity. So tell us a little bit, when you hear spirituality, how does this fit into business? Most people don't think about how this fits into business. Well, and that's where everybody goes sideways is that they don't think that spirituality or faith-based um, thinking or worship belongs in business. And it has to be part of business. It has to be because we live in a world that is so noisy and we have been taught not to trust our own inner voice, but to trust everything outside of us. And everybody has an agenda. And not that having an agenda is a bad thing, but some people, but, but the agenda is just trust me. I have all of the answers, right? And so when, when we're ignoring our own intuition, when we're ignoring, um, when, when we're, when, when we're, I, I'm going to pull from scripture, when we're putting our trust in the flesh, right? In the arm of flesh or putting our trust in man, um, more than we're putting our trust in a higher power, um, and in our own intuition and our own common sense, like that's where we go off the rails so quickly. And especially as you're wanting to like scale your business, like I, I think the best, most important decision any of us can make is to be a junior partner in our own company and have God be the senior partner and run everything through God, through meditation, through 
through prayer, through like however you connect with your higher power, but take those business questions to him. Take, take the business problems to him. Like, uh, to me, God is the most powerful, <laughs> loving, generous, abundant, rich, smart being in the multiverse. I'm pretty sure he's got the answer to your business dilemma and he wants to give it to you. Right. And if, if we have the right questions, we can unlock yes. those answers. But if we don't yes. ask questions, if we don't actually go to him, then we will just be wondering, oh man, what, what do I do here? And we don't take yeah. that next step. So the biggest who in our business needs to be God. And I, yes. I love, love the way that you, you brought that up. So tell us a little bit more, how, how functionally do people put spirituality into their business without distancing those that, that don't believe in God? Oh, well, I, I would say to start your day connecting to God. So however you do that, I connect to God through meditation, through scripture and through prayer, um, reading, reading. And if you're not into scripture, that's totally fine. But read a book that feeds your soul, not a business book. Read, read, a, read a spiritual book by a spiritual advisor that you trust. I think Joel Osteen has some really, really great teachings. Um, Wayne Dyer has some wonderful teachings that are, that are spiritual, help you connect with a higher power, but it really, but it really is connect. It is connecting with that um, first thing in the morning. So like have your, have your business meeting with God first thing in the morning. I think that's the most important thing to do. And I really, and I want to go off on a tangent just real quick. Oh, because it does fit into our conversation. You had talked about bringing the right questions to God. And there, and let me, let me give you a, a, an example of the wrong question to God. Uh, what the hell is wrong with me? <laughs> that, yeah, that's a hard question. No, don't bring that. Don't bring that. Don't bring that question to God. Because, because here's the thing. You're going to get an answer that's on par with the question. Right. And so that God, you're, you're going to get an answer that says, well, you have no place in business because you're actually an idiot because nobody wants to work with you because you don't know what you're doing. And then we think that that's God. And it really, and it really isn't when we're like, what's wrong with me? And why can't I get this? And why is this so hard? You're going to get answers that are not expansive at all. So it's, it's those questions of what's my next step. What am I here to learn? What, what is business trying to teach me? What is God trying to teach me? What is the world trying to teach me? It's the, what lack I Yet without being like, tell me why I'm not, tell me why I'm not enough and why I'm the world's biggest screw up. Right. So up level your questions. And this is coming from personal experience. Okay. And I'm in the same thing. I'm in this right now. Like, okay, what, what, what does God want to teach me here? There's something really powerful for me to learn in the midst of this anxiety I'm in right now. So, oh. but, but I, but I won't go to why am I such a screw up? Because that doesn't lead to higher vibe answers. All right. So, so I there's that. I, I think it comes down to also the the story that we're telling ourselves, yeah. we're processing before we even ask the question. Yeah. Is that story serving us? Is that question actually going to be valuable for us? And when when you say you level up your questions, you're you're leveling up your thought. You're leveling up yeah. all different uh, experiences that you've had. And if you have better questions, you'll get better answers. Yes. Uh, yes. Sometimes we get stuck in this idea that we we have to do it a certain way. Like, God, this is the way I want you to answer my prayer. This is the way my business needs to be going. And we don't actually open up to have Heavenly Father lead us. He, we're like, this is where I'm going to go. Is that right? Okay, I'm doing it. <laughs> Walk ourselves off. Have you ever experienced something like that in your business? Oh, yeah, you're for sure, for sure. And I, and I think that we all do because we forget what is our part. We forget what is God's part as we are, as we are looking for a more prosperous, abundant experience in business and through all parts of our life. See, God's part is the when and the how. Mm. And, and we try to do God's part all the time. We try to control timeline and we try to control how it's going to happen. Our part is the what and the why. What do we want and why do we want it? And as we continue to connect to that, then we follow those things that feel ambitious to us, that feel expansive to us. I call it butt clenching. It's a, it's a little butt clenching. You're like, oh goodness, I don't know if I can do this. I need to trust something higher and more powerful than me with this. Is this a potential for a double blessing? Yes, there's a potential for a double blessing. And then I take that as my green light to go ahead and go in that direction. Um, I think we all get really wrapped up in the will of God and and, you know, religious teachings or societal teachings or whatever, for whatever reason, we're conditioned to think that if it makes us happy, that must not be God's will for us. And I don't, 
I don't subscribe to that theory anymore. Um, what I have decided is if, if this, if this ticks off all those boxes, those green light boxes for me to move forward, then I'm going to move forward and trust that God won't let me get too far down the wrong path without letting me know I'm down the wrong path, feeling unsettled, feeling like something is off. Or I'll ask him like, if this is not supposed to work, I need you to close the door so solidly. And so obviously, because I'm a little obtuse with things like this, I need you to make it really, really clear to me that this is not something that I need to be pushing against. And that's been really valuable. I love that. That reminded me of one of my favorite scriptures, which is second Nephi two twenty five. Adam felt that men might be and men are that they might have joy. 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 If, we have, if we don't have joy, we are missing the boat. We do not have what heavenly father wants us to. Yeah. That's the whole point of this life. Yeah. The whole purpose of life is to have joy, to be tested so that we can say, wow, that was an awesome ride. Not, well, I did a lot of things, made a lot of money. Yeah. yeah. And, and you know what? I mean, I mean, we going to push back a little bit against the tested theory. I think that we do our own tests. I, I, the purpose is to have joy and we can't experience joy without contrast. And the mm -hmm. contrast is the opposite of joy. Right. And so we have, like, I don't believe we got to struggle our way or suffer our way to anything. Um, but I think that that's a conscious choice that we make. I think we're definitely trained and conditioned by society to, to find all of the joy in this or all of the value in struggle. And there's no value in struggle. There is none. There's immense value in contrast and in challenge. Mm. Lots of, can I give you an example of why yeah. I think there's no value in struggle? I love that. Go ahead. So when I was like, oh, I don't know, five or six, I wanted to go outside and play and I wasn't dressed. So of course I needed to get dressed. And in my hurry to get dressed, um, I was trying to stick my head through the sleeve of my shirt rather than the neck hole of my shirt. So I'm struggling against that. And I've got my arm stuck out through the neck hole. And I have this thought of like, just take the shirt off and like start over. And I'm like, no, 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 I got this. I got this. And the more I struggled against it, the tighter the shirt got. And then I couldn't breathe. And I'm like, here, right? Until it was just like, all right, just stop and take a breath, mm -hmm. take the shirt off, rearrange it, put it on. And within, you know, four seconds, I had the shirt on and I was ready to go. See, this, when I was struggling against that circumstance, I was making the circumstance last harder and cause more panic in me rather than just being like, okay, we just need to make some small adjustments here and then we can be on our way. It's why I don't think there's any value in struggle. The struggle actually hindered me from going out to play and being in that flow and being in that joy. And, and I think that, that we create struggle by our stories. We definitely create struggle by our stories, telling ourselves we're not good enough. Nobody wants to work with us. I can't actually do this. It's like all of those, all those stories that we have that make us feel limited in any way or less than in any way causes unnecessary struggle. Now, is there going to be a challenge of business? Yes. Yes. Anything like our dreams require us to be a different person in order to be able to obtain them. We are never the same person um, when we reach our dream than we were when we started. And that's divinely designed. It's to help us to like, are you really sure you want this? Are you really clear about this? Are you, are you willing to be psychologically uncomfortable for most of this ride and overcome your own self-imposed limitations and barriers and also limitations and barriers that society has, you know, conditioned us to believe in. I love that. Uh, so that just reminded me of a principle that I learned in theater that is absolutely applicable to business. It's something that, uh, the, the obstacle is not the struggle. The obstacle is not the thing that stops you from doing whatever it is you want to do. It is the way to what you want to do. We have to go over it, around it, through it, try different tactics. Now, mm -hmm. The, the thing that you were, you brought up with this idea of, oh, we, we don't want to lean into struggle. I thought that was such a great distinction than challenge. Mm -hmm. Challenges, we need challenges. We need obstacles to push against mm -hmm. so we can be propelled. Like you think about a gymnast, if they didn't have that pummel horse to, uh, to be pushing against, they're just on the floor. If you don't have the, the space to, to push against you, you can't, you can't have that equal and opposite reaction happen. Mm -hmm. So sometimes in business, we, we get, we get so stuck on, on the struggle that we miss the opportunity for growth because yeah. we're not, not stepping back and saying, oh, this obstacle is actually not as big as I'm making it. It's just a shirt. I need to take my shirt off and start it again. Uh -huh. I love that story. Thank you. Thank yeah. you for sharing that. Um, one of the other things that, that came up that I'd love to ask you about in your, in your business approach with. Uh, with prosperity and spirituality, how do you keep things simple? Because sometimes 
I think people complicate God. They complicate yeah. their relationship with God yeah. and, and a higher power. So how do we keep things simple so we can actually make God be part of our lives rather than distance from him? So, so if there's any sort of like, if you've got and any sort of estrangement with God. And most of us do most, just most of us, most of us put um, the same qualities on God that we had as a child with whoever was the male authority figure in our life, whether it's your father or a, a, a male teacher or something, we put those human characteristics on God. Um, and, and my dad was really capricious, which meant he was moody. And so it, it was, you know, I can ask for what I want, but don't expect to get it. And there's a really big price tag attached to it. You know, and I'm not throwing my dad under the bus. That's just how it was. And most of us are that way. Like, well, if I feel like it, then maybe, but you know, probably don't count on it, figure it out on your own. And so I, I, I transferred those qualities to God, which made it really hard for me to ask or to expect to receive. I really felt like I was on my own. So prayer was almost like this last resort after I'd done everything and, and really it should be like our first thing. <laughs> like if God's our senior business partner, it should, he should be the first person we talk to. Um, but to make it really simple, if you've got an estranged relationship with God, the fastest way to heal it is through gratitude. That is the fastest way. It's not about, it's not about going to confession. It's not about sackcloth and ashes. It's not about like repent, repent ye sinner. It's about gratitude. And, and it's, it's about tying everything back to God and how much God loves you. And so when I was in a very, uh, I was in my wilderness, we were in a financial free fall actually for two and a half years as I was, um, as I was in hustle and grind. And that's not a necessary component, honestly, to grow a business that actually makes it harder because the law of diminishing returns, hustle and grind will only get you to a certain point, And then you've got to use um, a higher skills of yeah. ease and flow and trust and faith and all of that in order to like launch you to the next levels of success. Um, but I didn't know that at the time. So I was in an immense amount of hustle and grind and trying to like salvage my business. The harder I worked, the faster it fell. And, um, and, and I remember like, I, I was in so much anxiety and I was like, I just got to make things simple. Like, like what you said, simple simplicity is the ultimate of sophistication. Da Vinci said that simplicity is the ultimate of sophistication. So I was like, okay, I don't feel secure and I don't feel supported right now. And I am just afraid we're going to go off this cliff and then we'll be just destroyed. Right. So I started like looking at my surroundings of what's working for me right now. What's working for me right now? And I remember distinctly, I was actually on my way to an event and I was emceeing the event. All right. So if anybody's emceed an event or seen an event that's emceeing, that MC has to have a lot of energy, a lot of positive energy right. and to get the crowd's energy levels up. And I was a mess. I was like, nothing is going to work and we're going to die. Like all of that. Cause I have a flair for the dramatic if you haven't been able to tell yet. And so I was like, I have got to... <laughs> I've, I've got to get this reined in. I got to get this put together. So this was December of 2018 or 2017. Mm -hmm. And, and I'm, I'm pulling out and it was so cold. It was so cold, but the heater in my car worked. And I was like, that's working for me right now. Mm -hmm. That's working for me. And even though it was really cold, it was a clear blue sky. The sky is blue. I love me a clear blue sky that's working for me right now. We had leather seats in the minivan and, and they were heated. And so my butt was warm and like, really, can't you just face any sort of trial? If your butt is warm, I can. <laughs> and I was like, okay, my butt's warm. This means everything. This means everything's working out for me. Like I'm okay right now. And I actually did this as an experiment um, to see how long it would take me to like get into a place of feeling good. Mm -hmm. Two minutes two minutes of me just looking around at my immediate surroundings and then just tying it to this is working for me. I'm supported right now in this moment. And then as I continued to do that game and expand on it, I decided to tie it to God. And this means God loves me. And this means I'm wealthy. And this means God wants me to be wealthier. Even though we hadn't, we had no money at that time. And, and, if, and, you, and you know what? Scarcity and lack has nothing to do with how much is in your bank account. Absolutely nothing. I know multimillionaires who celebrate how cheap they are. Like it has, it has nothing to do with how many commas you have in your bank account, how many, it has nothing to do with how much is in your bank account. It's a mindset. It's a belief system. And so I, I really, at that point in my life, my one goal was to feel better moment by moment by moment. Like that was my whole agenda. It was like, if this business is going to fall apart, this business is going to fall apart, but I don't want to be falling apart with it. 
And so I, so I would, I would take things that had nothing to do with money, um, like Q-tips. Oh man. I love Q-tips. I love to clean out my ear and it feels so good. And I'm like, this means I'm wealthy. And this means God loves me. And this means God wants me to be wealthier. And I would say that to myself out loud with everything that was around me. I love water. I have water with me. I have tissues and it's soft. Like uh, the dumber you can get it, the better. And that made me feel better. And then I could transfer it to how much money was in my bank account and say, I'm so glad we have enough money to pay the mortgage. This means I'm wealthy. This means God loves me. This means God wants me to be wealthier. We have enough to almost pay the phone bill. I'm so grateful that we have almost enough to pay the phone bill. This means I'm wealthy. This means God loves me. This means God wants me to be wealthier. Like, like ladies and gents, that changed my entire relationship with God. It actually changed my money. Um, we, we, we were $150,000 in debt. We were about $1,500 behind in our payments every month. And it was growing every month because I'd maxed out all of these credit cards in the name of my dream and building my business. And we were well on our way to a chapter 13 bankruptcy, which we actually ended up going into, um, which was the biggest blessing of our life because I got to a point, And I remember this so distinctly. I was pulling up to work one day. Cause I got, I got a part-time job as a crossing guard. I got a full-time job doing shipping and receiving so I could work on my mindset and get a little bit of financial stability under me for a little bit. And I remember pulling into work thinking one day, man, if nothing ever changed, if we lost our house, if the family had to couch surf on uh, families and friends for a little while, if we never made another dime, I'm okay. And I'm happy and I know God is here and I know he loves me and he will not let me live under the freeway. Like that's, we're never going to live under a bridge. We have family and friends who would never allow that to happen. And I really, really felt that in my bones and in my cells. And within a month, we made 10 grand. And then in three months, I mean, we went from bankruptcy to $232,000 in our account within six months. I had six clients. I went to 97 clients in six months. Uh, I, like everything changed. And the most important thing that changed was my relationship with God and how I looked at money. Nothing changes unless you change. And a lot of times it, it comes down to our, our attribution. I, this is something that popped into my head. I feel like this is inspiration. It's, it's attribution to attitude. You attributed mm -hmm. all of those blessings mm -hmm. to God mm -hmm. and that elevated your attitude. It elevated your aptitude. It elevated your opportunities mm -hmm. because you were willing to say, this is not, only me that's doing this. No. God's the 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 business partner that I want to to consult with and he's giving me all these little hints that he loves me that I'm I'm not only good enough, I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be and he wants me to be more wealthy. I I thought that was beautiful. This is working for me and this is working for me. Uh -huh. So many blessings. He, God's way better than Oprah. He's like you get a blessing and you get a blessing. So much. So much. So much better. <laughs> it's, it's awesome. So the so the two mantras that I used during that time and I'm using them right now as well. Um, everything is always working out for me and only good can come of this. When everything's falling apart, only good can come of this. Only good can come of this. And that will help settle you down as well. And can, can we go back to the question you asked a, a while ago about working with people who don't believe in God? Cause that yes. keeps coming yeah. to my mind. You can bring this up. This is important. Yeah. So, absolutely. so you'll, you'll get a lot of pushback from the business community in general about mixing faith with business. And, and, and I, I, I respect other people's belief systems and spirituality or religiousosity to whatever extent they have it or don't have it. Like, I don't, I don't care if somebody goes to church every week or not. I do. I'm faith-based, but like, I don't care whether somebody else does or not. What I care about is whoever I'm working about does not get triggered by my God speak. So if their higher power is known as universe or infinite intelligence or energy or angels, or you call them Harold, like, I don't care. I, I don't care. Just so long as, as we understand, like, we're talking about the same thing here. It's just the languaging is a little bit different. And, and you want to, you want to partner with that higher power. Um, and so that's why I'm just so unashamed in my God speak and so bold in my God speak, because I, I don't want to work with people who have religious wounds that are triggered by my God speak. I'm not for them and they're not for me. And I have a really strong boundary set. I'll respect anybody's spiritual beliefs or religious beliefs, but you darn well better respect mine. 
And if not, that's okay. I'm not your person and you're not mine. And I can still think you're a wonderful person, but we're not, we're not going to work very well together in business. I, I love that. One of the things that, that is key there is if someone is feeling spiritually wounded, they may not be able to talk about this right now, but that doesn't mean forever. Right. We're into scars. And when scars are there, they happen for us. They're a reminder. They give us the benefits of of learning. Yeah, go ahead. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So so I I mean I I've got religious wounds like everybody else. I definitely had God wounds for a while. There was a time where I was just like God is this mad scientist and I'm his voodoo doll and I am so tired of this. So there was a time when oh, I turned with different Yes, like how she took with, I I picture him with this lab coat and a clipboard and he's like, "Let's see how she handles this." And then of course I fell fell apart and then he's like, "Not very well." That's awesome. So there was a time where I couldn't go to scripture because I just felt mocked all the time or berated all the time. And so I actually turned to universal laws and I started, I started like diving into universal laws. And that's a lot of what the prosperity approach, my best-selling book is about is universal laws. Um, because I never, like, I've never had a problem believing in God, but I did have a hard time believing that God loved me. And that God was invested in my growth and wanted what was best for me. So there were many years where that was my wounding. Um, but it was interesting because even though I turned my back on him for a while, he didn't turn his back on me. And he led me to the people that that I could resonate with and, and I could learn those things. And what I discovered in my dive of universal laws is that there are, I, I found 21 main universal laws. And I, I actually put them into two different camps, laws to use when you're just getting started and laws to use use when nothing is working. Mm. And it goes way beyond the law of attraction, way beyond that. But there are, there are certain laws that you use when you're bright eyed or bushy tail, like everything's new. You're like, I can do this. Working. All yeah. the world is my oyster. And then you get it in the messy middle and you think it's the end. And you're like, this was a terrible idea. Why did I ever think? <laughs> but you know, what's so comforting is that there is a messy middle as part of it. It's like part of the whole process all the time. So it doesn't mean you're doing anything wrong. It means like, whew, here's the intense part. Here's the intense part. But when you know which laws are can be in play and you know how to activate those laws and how those laws actually translate into your life, then it makes that messy middle, first of all, much easier to navigate. And you spend less time there because you're not in the struggle. And so like those mantras that I was talking about just a few minutes ago, that's, that's activating the law of polarity and it's activating the law of relativity, um, which will help you navigate it through faster instead of being like, holy cow, when is this ever going to end? So yeah, yeah, um, the, laws are, the laws are in my book in the prosperity approach. Yeah, so pick that, that book up. I'm excited to read it. I haven't bought that yet. I'm gonna have to do that, Allison. Oh, you should. Now, now I, think like, oh, I think it's really I, wonderful. I need these 21 <laughs> laws in my life and recognize how to apply them. So yeah, uh, this next section, guys, I, I think it will be super, super valuable for you because Allison's one of the most optimistic people that I know. And <laughs> when we own our optimism, when you own your optimism and are unapologetic about it, this is, this is part of this soul of prosperity. So tell us a little bit about why owning your optimism is so crucial in business. Oh, owning your optimism. Let me think about that. Nobody's asked me that before. I'm a natural optimist. And a lot of people like the pessimists who like to call themselves realists, but they're just pessimists. <laughs> like they think I'm naive. Probably, probably I am. Like when people are like, oh, you're just being Pollyanna about everything. I'm like, dang, that, that little girl was so powerful. She was so powerful. She changed an entire town. She is so powerful. I would love to be Pollyanna-ish about everything. Because she played the glad game. That's gratitude. It's everything's working out for me. It's opening, it's opening yourself back up to love and to growth and friendship and relationships and all of that. So, so owning your optimism, I think, is more important now than ever before because we live in such a cynical society. And, and, and the news is not to inform us. It's to sensationalize everything. It's to make us feel scared. It's to make us feel powerless, um, all of that. And that can strip us of our optimism. And so, so just own like optimism is actually really refreshing to be around when somebody is like, oh my gosh, I'm so grateful for that. Like, oh, that is so awesome. You know, even when somebody's like, pardon my French, but when they're like going on about the shit show that life is or business is, right? You'd be like, but do you know what shit does? It fertilizes everything. This is awesome. 
So you're growing a freaking garden of Eden right now. Like that's what I'll tell, that's what I'll tell myself. And I've told my husband like, oh my gosh, we are building a garden of Eden because this is everywhere. It's in my mouth. It's in my oh. hair. It's, it's in my, under my nails. It's oh. everywhere. We are building a garden of Eden. And, and, you know, you got to laugh. Otherwise you're going to cry. Right. And there are times to cry for sure. For sure. Oh my gosh. I, this is so funny, Brigham, that you're asking me this question about owning your optimism. A good thing we did not have this call two days ago, but I'm like, oh, okay. nothing will ever work again. Death is so much easier than life. <laughs> but you know, we have, we, I'm like, we have those fall down moments as part of contrast. Right. But just really like, we live in this cancel culture. And so there's this fear that we can't actually say what we think or what we believe. And I just got to believe that God is more powerful than cancel culture. And me being sunshine is so much, so much more valuable than me adding to the rain and adding to the acid. And so like other people's filters get to be their filters, but mine get to be mine. You get to look through your lens, but I get to look through my lens as well. In fact, Louise Hay, who uh, was like the quintessential of like affirmations and healing yourself through words. And like, she, she like really kind of got into like, I don't want to say the mysticism, but really like the mindset and kind of the woo of, of mindset. And she had a producer somebody who worked for her that was making fun of her one time uh, with somebody else. They were like, what's it like working for her? And they're like, oh my gosh, she's always happy. And she's always like talking about how things are working and she's got all these affirmations and oh my gosh, her cheerfulness is sometimes too much to take. And then he was like, but you know what? She's a whole lot happier than I am. And that, and that really stuck with me. It's so like, I, what do you want to be when you grow up? Happy. happy. That's what I want to be. Happy. I want to be happy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So let's happy. try that today. Let's try that. Let's do that. Let's do a little yeah. more. Happy. Let's, let's, do that. let's do that. Let's own our happiness, own our optimism. Because you think about it, we're going to have those circumstances, whether we're happy about it or not. Circumstances exactly. don't, don't shift dependent on our uh, our attitude. However, uh, I, I love this, this quote. I'm not going to do it perfectly, but uh, Viktor Frankl says, between stimulus and response, there's a space. And in that space is our opportunity to respond. Mm -hmm. We can choose to be happy. We can choose to own our optimism. And owning that optimism allows us to have a little more happiness in our life and choose opt optimism rather than pessimism in whatever our circumstance, whatever the crap or the shit show, like you said, is happening in our life. You know, I, I've, I told myself, you know, I can, I can be upset. I can be in panic mode. I can be in victim mode about whether a deal is working or whether we're in positive cash flow or how much money is in my account. And I can still have that much money in my account or that much class uh, cash flow or that much, you know, the, the, I can have those problems or I can be happy and grateful and everything is working out for me and only good can come of this and still just have that much amount in my account, those deals going south. Like I can choose, but do you know what I found from personal experience is that when I choose into that happy and into only good can come of this and everything is always working out for me, that's what changes my circumstances. Yeah. That, because it's all about vibration. Yeah. You, you change yourself and eventually you will start to change your circumstances because like, yeah. oh, this isn't resonating with me anymore. I'm going to change my environment. This is where I want to be. These are the people I want to be around. And sometimes we have to level up our friends. Sometimes we need to level up our circumstances. All the time. All the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If we want to have different results, we need to create differences in our in our ecosystem. Mm -hmm. So this, uh, this is one element that I, I actually want to bring up as well, because it goes perfectly with this soul of prosperity. Uh, it is called upskilling. When we are upskilling, there are so many things that are in our control that we often leave to chance. But if yeah. we are recognizing what's the skill here, what's something that I can develop, what's in my control, you can start to change your outcome because of the skills that you've developed and the people that you are leveraging their skills. So talk, talk to us about upskilling because you brought it up once earlier in the in this, but tell us a little bit about how that helps us in business. Well, I think I think that in order to successfully upskill and do it quickly, you have to decide that you are already enough with your current skill set to at least get you on the to get you further on the path. Like you're at least 
you're at least on the path. You know enough, you have enough connections, you have enough resources at least to get going um, because most people are like, well, I'm not enough and I don't know how to do this. And so I'm just going to marinate in this for a little while. Um, but if you will just decide, just decide like I'm enough to get going. And as I get going, then the people will come, the training will come, like all of that will come, but at least start moving. So that's, that's the first thing. That's the first thing that you're going to, you're going to decide is that you're enough to get going on your dreams. Um, and then it's being willing to see gaps. It's, you know, when you stop being afraid of the gaps and you stop being afraid of the fall downs and the failures and, and all of that, but you get really interested in, Oh, I didn't see that. <laughs> Oh, I didn't know that was a gap. That was a gap. Okay. So I'm going to close that gap. And how many gaps can I close and how fast can I close the gaps? And then, and then failure isn't something to fear anymore. And then you start asking for what you want and expecting to receive it. And then you allow yourself to get uncomfortable that, that like discomfort, psychological discomfort is the name of the game to grow any business. Most mm -hmm. people aren't willing to get uncomfortable. Let it be awkward before it's elegant. I had a mentor who said that it's always okay. awkward before it's elegant and let it be okay. It's only awkward to you, really. Other people don't care. They're, they've got their own problems <laughs> that they're dealing with. They're not really listening to you anyway. So let it, let, let it come out awkwardly and then just like clean up as you go. Right. But, but the most important thing you can skill up in is your level of belief. That's huge. Your level of everything. Here's something that I learned as an actor that before college, I, I was not doing, but once I got into college, I realized just how valuable it was. When you have a brand new script, when you have a totally new opportunity, you need to be daring. You have to take chances. You have to do it huge in one direction. And then when you make that choice, the director can be like, wow, that choice was not even close. Or he'll be like, that was a really unique choice. Let's let's try it the opposite. And you play <laughs> the opposite. You can say nice things about That's it. That's a really unique choice. That's a really I unique choice. Like there was one time as a professional actor, I uh, during a scene, I was like, I'm in a locker room with other guys. I'm going to hop on the uh, on the bench and do some push-ups uh, hanging out with them because that was just resonating with my character. And the director was just like, why? I was like, I've seen guys do that in locker rooms, just goofing off. And he's like, okay, that that's fair. Not here. <laughs> <laughs> right. Once a, you'll have those opportunities yeah. where because you made a choice, it will promote that next choice. And yeah. we have to do something called third thought, which in improv is you have this idea, you go to that idea and you're like, what could come from that idea? And you take the next idea. That's the third thought. That's where creativity is. Mm -hmm. That's where your, your system of communication can be enhanced is making a choice. And even if that choice didn't work, you're like, well, was there something beyond that, that I wouldn't have gotten to if I didn't make that choice? Right. Right. Well, and, and with my experience too, like I used to play sudden death match with my business all the time, especially when it wasn't making the amount of money as fast as I wanted it to. Right. So everything was sudden death and sudden death is not fun to play for years on end. It's, it takes a lot of energy. And so, so when I, when I really started using God as my, as my senior partner, I, the most amazing thing happened. I got experimental about things. I was like, let's just see, like, I have this big, audacious, impossible goal. Let's see how close we get to it. Like, I don't know. I don't know that like my lovelies, that's why we, we made, we went from 150 in the negative. Like we did like 300, almost $400,000 in a six month period. Because I changed my beliefs and I let everything be an experiment. Like I stopped being attached to the outcome, which is the law of detachment, which is in the book. Like stop being so, so attached to the outcome because that screws you totally up. And then you're just like, I don't know. I don't know, but I'm willing to try it. Let's just, let's just see. Like, I don't know, like, especially like within real estate and stuff, like, I, I don't know whether this negotiation is going to work, but here's my idea. I want this to be a win-win for everybody. So from my perspective, it is, but let's see what they're going to bring to the table. And I don't know, like it might work. It might not. If not, there are so, like the deal of the century comes around once a week, right? Like, so we can, we can afford to, we can afford to be playful. We can afford to be playful. And that changes the whole energy. That, that skill of being playful is something that, is missing in business. A lot of times we think, oh, yeah. oh, I have to be like this, or I have to fit myself into this role. 
I did this for the first probably three years that I was part of Renatus and I was part of growing and like running my own business. It, I, I felt like, oh, I couldn't bring my personality. I couldn't bring my spirituality. I couldn't bring all these parts of me that are so important into my business. And about, I would say six, maybe eight months ago, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to be me. I don't care whether people like me. I only want to do business with people that want to do business with me anyway. Yeah. Oh man. It's like, you don't, you want to, you don't want to do business with people who need you. You only oh. want to work with people who want you because mm. it's a totally different thing. And then, you know, because I'm really clear that I am not for everybody and that's 100% okay. 100% okay. If I, if I rub you the wrong way, that's totally fine. I'm not for you. Um, and you're not for me, but we can still be cordial and respectful and, and all the things. But I think that the people who just, who just really accept who they are and they really like who they are and who they're becoming, not in an, in an arrogant or condescending way, but they're just really comfortable with who they are, are really, really refreshing to be around. You know, when they're just like, holy cow, today's a good day, but man, 12 hours ago, <laughs> if you'd have known what was going, wow, that was rough. That was rough. Like I'm not sitting on a rainbow, like blowing bubbles and petting my unicorn and, you know, eating Tootsie Pops. Like I'm Only in the some trenches. of the time. Only some of the time. <laughs> on Saturdays, I will. <laughs> but oh, I'm in the trenches. Me. Right. I'm in the trenches with everybody. And and I'm having a human experience as well. But but I've just I've just learned, you know, with the upskilling, with the with the attitude and the aptitude and just like not letting it be all about you or all on you. Take the pressure off yourself and let it be fun and let it be playful and and let's just see what there is to learn and who to how to grow. And like this year, I'm all about transformational relationships. I'm about worthwhile experiences and I'm about unwavering faith rather than 10x my company. Like what I like that, yes. You know. 10 rentals this year. Would I like that? Yes. But what's more important to me at this point is to, because I've, I've had the 10 X and I've had like all of that and still felt empty inside and still felt unfulfilled and still felt like I was chasing and I would never get there. And that was really demoralizing to me. And so I'm, sh I'm shifting my focus. And by the way, if any one of you are after unwavering faith, just understand that you're going to go through a fall apart. <laughs> so <laughs> Just so be aware. Just <laughs> be aware that unwavering faith requires that it looks like nothing is working. So just so you know. But you know what? I'm willing to go through it because I know what's on the other end of that. I know what's on the other end of that. Yeah, faith. After you've put your faith in uh, in this and you've done it long enough, eventually you will know. That's yeah. something I talk with my friend Greg Kimball about all the time. That we're not going for belief. We're going for knowledge. We go through belief so that we can get to that experience and knowledge. And that's where, where you're talking about this prosperity approach with you and the, the irrefutable laws. Like this is, yeah. this is true today. It's true yesterday. It's true in the future. Yeah. We know it's true because there's all these different things. You don't believe it anymore. You know it. Know it. That mm -hmm. distinction is key. So yeah. how do we discover some of these laws? Because I love the discovery of some of these laws, these aha moments. Like, oh my gosh, that... That is not just true now, it's true then and here and here. Oh, and yeah, yeah. So <laughs> Google is such a blessing, <laughs> right? Awesome. So everybody loves the the law of attraction and that, you know, is all about the secret. It's, everybody talks about law of attraction and law of attraction is really a secondary law, quite honestly. It's a, it's one of those um, boomerang laws rather than a rather than a bullseye kind of a law. Um, and so I just started doing, I just started doing um, a Google search um, I, I read a bunch of Napoleon Hill with his laws to success and just started getting on different websites and getting it from different books, but it was never compiled in like one place. And nobody had been like, this is what you do when nothing's working. Like I was like, you know, I didn't create the laws, but I just organized them in a way that really worked for me. And I was like, oh my gosh. Oh, and this is how you use the law. Oh, because, because knowledge is not power. Knowledge is not transformational. Information is not transformational. It's proper application of the information which causes the transformation. And so you can know all the laws and know full well that you are disobeying the law and you're getting the penalty that's associated with disobeying the law, but all it does is create frustration because you know that you're not using the law correctly, but you don't know how to use the law correctly. And so like, I, I like to dumb everything down so that I can consume it, like the simpler, the better. And that's just for me. Um, and so like, as I'm writing them, I'm like, oh, so it looked like this. Oh, so we, oh, so we do that. Oh, that's where I totally went off the rails with that law. Oh, okay. 
Okay. And so, and so what it costs is greater ownership, right? Yeah. Greater ownership and understanding the importance of optimism because optimism is an energy. Pessimism is an energy and energy is contagious. And, um, and how powerful we are. Oh, oh, my lovelies. We are so powerful. We are powerful beyond, beyond belief, beyond our imagination. And we can, we can tap into our power in really practical, simple, almost dumb ways from moment to moment to moment, which will change us, which then changes our life. That, that is beautiful. One of the things I think is so powerful, what you brought up that actually segues perfectly into this, this next concept. And the last one of this solar prosperity is it's the organization of ideas with the end being application, not just understanding. We have to understand to be able to, to apply, but if we don't have organized, we can't do that, but it really comes down to, is this going to work for us? Are we using the language uh, and leveraging the language that will help unlock those opportunities for us. So uh, Allison, as you started putting your book together, you started leveraging your language, leveraging all of these different organizational tactics to, you said dumb down, but really to simplify so that it's something you can amplify in your life and you can apply consistently. Uh, how do you do that? Tell us a little bit about your experience, your, your process of leveraging your language. The most important I think, I think the most important distinction that you will ever understand that will change your life in profound ways instantly is this whole idea about beliefs. Beliefs are just decisions. Yeah. That's what beliefs are. And it's not a decision to do something. It's a decision about something. That's beliefs right. are decisions about how life works for you, about how God shows up for you in your life, about your ability to create what you desire about like, it's it, like, and we make decisions like, so we feel powerless against our beliefs, right? I have this limiting belief that I'm not enough. And so I have to get validation from everybody and I keep trying, but I keep failing, right? This is just my own language. So just so you know, like we all love being a victim, like let's just admit it because then we don't have to change and we're inherently lazy. <laughs> we don't want to go through the pain of change. But when you, but when you realize, okay, that me not being enough is just a decision that I've made. It's a decision I've made because I like, I like, I like being miserable because misery is familiar to me. It's, but, but if I, but if I decide that everything's always working out for me and that only good can come of this, it allows me to take risks. It allows me to get uncomfortable in, in ways that I can actually handle. It allows me to ask for what I want. Um, and then like literally your language will change. So if you want to, if you want to tap more into gratitude and lean more into gratitude, oh, gratitude, gratitude is this it's this tool that we've actually been taught to weaponize against us because we use gratitude as a way to keep us small. Why aren't you just grateful for the life you have? Can't mm. you just be happy with what you have? Why is it always more? Why don't you want enough? Or why is it never enough, right? So then we're then we feel shame that we want more, but we're actually here for more. We're here for expansion. Or we use it as a way to beat ourselves up. Well, I should be grateful. I mean, so many other people have it so much worse than me and I should be grateful, but that's not how we use gratitude. Gratitude is such an amazing connector and gratitude is a quintessential in receiving. And so, because when you say thank you for something, you're acknowledging that you're experiencing it. That's what receiving means. Receive means to experience. And so like, oh, like I would say thank you to green light angels. Anytime it hit a green light, I'm like, oh, thank you angels. Cause I really love playing with angels. Uh, that's the green light super angels. Fun. I never heard that. That's awesome. They're awesome. Oh my gosh. I have tax angels. When I wore false eyelashes, I had eyelash angels. Cause I didn't know how to put them on. Um, I have hair angels. I have like technology angels for sure. Like they're just everywhere and they want to help you all the time. If that's what you decide they want to do. And that's what I decided they want to do. And then life gets magical and life gets really fun at that point. But your language will, will change. It really will change. Like, I don't, I don't believe that anymore. Like, no, I'm not available for that. That's not working for me. That's not me feeling small, me feeling like I'm not enough, me feeling like I'm dumb and I can't learn wholesaling or like whatever. Right. Like, no, I've, I've decided that, 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 that's not true for me anymore. Life is, life is working for me. And I meant to travel the world for six months out of the year. And I meant to, to have time freedom, like, like all those things. Like if you'll just make that decision and then, and then you'll catch yourself when you're in the familiarity of pessimism or in the familiarity of victimizing yourself or blaming yourself or what, whatever it is that we're trained to do, then we're much more compassionate with ourselves and we're compassionate with others. But when now we have boundaries, I can't be part of this conversation about how the economy is just an an absolute free fall. And, and everybody's trying to control me. Like, I can't do that. I can't do that because of how I feel. And then I feel powerless and I feel helpless. And I'm so angry. 
But I do want to talk about possibility, limitless possibility. And I want to be with other people who are super, super successful because they think differently from me and they speak differently from me. And I want to speak that way. And I want to think that way. And so you, you start getting just really, you start listening more carefully to what people are talking about and what's coming out of your own mouth. And then being like, oh, like back to the beginning of the conversation, like, is this story serving me? Is this story, does this story have a really predictable, boring end, which makes me and my family live under a bridge? Oh, it does. Oh man, that's so 1982. Holy cow. Okay. Let, let's have an ending that I really want to experience. Like everything works out. I, I love that because uh, one of my very favorite plays, uh, it's called Big Fish. And there's this there's this moment where the the main character he's going through some really hard things he's like you just need to ask what's next what's next is all anyone needs to do whatever it is they want to do in their life and if we ask what's next we ask that in whatever story we're telling us if we can see all the way through to the end you you've all gone through the movies and you're like oh this chick flick meet, guy meets girl girl has another boyfriend Boyfriend breaks up, they get together, married, they're all happy. Like we've seen the, the the trope, but we can see through the ending of a lot of those circumstances and we get to choose the ending based on our decisions. I love how belief is a decision away. It is. So good. Um, just like how, when we ask, well, what's next here? Is this story going to be how I want my my story to end? Am I going to be the hero of my story? There's another great song from that musical. If you've never seen that musical, you need to go see it. It's called Big Fish. So good. But if we step in to be the hero of our story and we're willing to, to go through the muck, go through all of the triumphs, you get both ends of the stick when you pick it up, the good and the bad. And we get to decide whether or not that's going to help us you know, walk up a mountain or that's going to be beating us up. It all comes down to how we use that that story. Mm -hmm. So Allison, any final thoughts? I know our, our time together is always too short. I want to have more time with you. I love your, your energy <laughs> enthusiasm and thanks for bringing this soul of prosperity to, mm -hmm. to the audience and, and to me. Thank you so much. Uh, any final thoughts and then how do people find you online? Uh, final thoughts, really three things. Everything is always working out for you. Only good can come of this. Beliefs are decisions. And just play with those today and see how you feel at the end of the day. That's it. Keep it so simple, so foundational. Um, you'll, your life will change in profound and wonderful ways. And you can go to my website, uh, alisonchavez.com. Um, I have a podcast called The Prosperity Approach. So that's on YouTube. That's on all of the platforms. So you can go um, to Prosperity Approach. Um, I'm trying to think if I have... I have a, an outline of like, I've got all of the laws in a nutshell. That's a free download. So I don't remember what that link is right now though, but can I send it to you? And, and then that's you can just me. I'd be happy to there, put that in, uh, in the description of this. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah, I have happy to do that for everybody. So you've got them right there for you. Man. But thanks for having me. This awesome. has been an honor and a privilege. I appreciate it. It's so much fun. I really appreciate <laughs> you. Thanks for all you do. And I'm excited to see where you go in the next three to five years. It's gonna be so much fun because we're gonna be doing this together. That's yeah. right. Part of it. That's uh, right. We make great relationships and we keep great relationships. That's part of the prosperity model. And thank Absolutely. you so much again. Guys, uh, like and subscribe. Hit that notification bell because we don't want you to miss any of these awesome conversations in the future. God bless and we'll see you soon.